Hello. We are so glad that you could join us today. Our prayer is that as you listen to the word, you would take this time to draw nearer to God as an individual and as a family. God loves you so so much, and his desire is for you to get closer to him in this season through worship, through dwelling in his word and prayer. Good morning. And uh, we want to welcome you to the online church today and on, to have fellowship. Uh, my prayer is that you'll open your heart today and that you will allow the Word of God to shake you a little bit, to break off some of the things that we just begin to take for granted. Today I'm talking about overcoming fear. And uh, overcoming fear really by holding on to the Word of God. You know, fear is one of the byproducts of the age that we're living in, that we just can't avoid. The amount of disinformation, misinformation, political intrigue and agendas cause the average person to despair. Oh, it's not enough to have to face a crisis, but now for many people, their jobs are being threatened or held in jeopardy. If for some reason they won't do as they are told, this is quite frankly, very worrying. Many people today are succumbing to fear, fear for their lives, fear for their health. Fear is a terrible force. And it's not only hitting us in the medical uh, uh, realm, but it has also hit the institution of marriage. So many couples are feeling the stress caused by lockdowns, children continuously at home, careers put on hold, and the constant contact with the very one they love, their spouse. Some couples are afraid of what they're finding about, out about their spouses during this time of compressed, concentrated interaction. During this time as pressure mounts, unless the fear is dealt with in a healthy manner, we can see anxieties mount in marriage and family relationships resulting in domestic violence, isolation, or toxic habits and patterns forming that will cause damage or could even lead to divorce in the marriage situation or relationship or abuse in the family relationships. You see, our children are struggling right now. They're struggling with social pressures and demands that we as adults could never have imagined at their age. Cyberbullying is on the rise. Pressure to explore and participate it's sexual and inappropriate communication on social media is opening doors that may lead to a dysfunction later in our children's lives when they're really trying to build real and lasting relationships. On top of that, many of our children feel disconnected from their parents and their families. This week I talked to a young man and I was informed of the death of a young person, one of his friends, who was depressed and ended up committing suicide. What was sad to me was to hear that his parents were so disconnected that after the child had dismissed himself and gone to bed, only a day and a half later did they find the, bodies, the body of their child hanging from a window outside their home. <sighs> Folks, we as parents need to stop and listen and begin to hear what our children are facing and wrestling with. They need you. They don't need an authoritarian figure telling them what they should think or what they believe. They don't need you to just tell them you will do. They need to be heard. We need to guide more than their educational process. 
more than their physical prowess. There's a spiritual responsibility that we have to lead our children, to lead our young generation into a relationship with truth, with Jesus. Some of us are so busy being task-oriented, success-oriented, that we've forgotten about relationships. Let's face it. The world is becoming a seemingly more dangerous place. All of these stressors, and many more that I've not mentioned, according to the experts, have produced an age of unprecedented anxiety. This is leading some people to turn to both illegal and legal drugs to cope. I'm shocked to see that Zimbabwe has one of the highest illegal drug rates on the continent of Africa. Others are turning to what is being called natural remedies, like the newly popular CBD, cannabis and hemp-based products, to find relief from fears and stresses of life. Still others are trying to cope with the fear by trying to find relief in various forms of meditation or transcendental new age practices, things like astral travel or out-of-body experience or dream interpretation and a host of other spiritual and extrasensory perception or extrasensory experiences. Of course, some are looking, still looking to prophets or some kind of supernatural experience or even psychic encounters to find relief from the fear that plagues our world. Of course, we see a proliferation of witchcraft, especially here in Zimbabwe, even at government level, looking for something outside of our own locus of control to ease the fear. But for you and I, for people of faith, for those who know the Lord as their Savior, the Bible remains our source of comfort in troubled times. When we're overwhelmed by fear, and it feels like the walls are closing in on us from every side, we can turn to what the Apostle Peter referred to as a much more sure word of prophecy. Second Peter 1 verse 9 says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well to take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Boy, let me tell you something. There's a, there's a placekeeper. There's something that God has given you and I that is an anchor for our souls. The Bible says that uh, our faith can be anchored in the Word of God. You know, when we see in the Hebrews 11, 1, it talks about faith being the substance of something hoped for. It's the evidence of something not seen. What that, what that simply means is that faith or the Word of God can be the substance until our faith can produce or our faith is realized in the issues or the things that we're facing. This is that much more word, sure word of prophecy. And this sure word of prophecy is speaking really about the source of all real encouragement. And for those of us who follow the Lord Jesus Christ, follow the Almighty God, His Son, it is the Word of God. And that's either revealed through the study and the reading and the meditation of the Scriptures, or by the Holy Spirit who quickens the Word of God in the hearts of men. You know, sometimes I think we forget that the people that we read about in the Bible, 
had many fears to face. How did they do it? How were they successful at navigating the fears of their age? Think about the Israelites who wandered for 40 years in the scorched wilderness and faced hostile enemies on all sides, often surviving with very little food and very little water. Or think about the disciples of Jesus. They faced the fear of persecution during and after his lifetime. Oh, now and then they succumbed to the pressures of persecution, but often their faith saw them through and enabled them to deal with the sometimes violent opposition to their new faith. You see, throughout the Bible, we see story after story of men and women who were tempted to fear, often many of the same ways you and I are, the way we're tempted today. Yet, there was something that gave them the strength to stand, and having done all, to continue to stand. This morning, I want to just take time to read and ponder a number of the Bible verses about fear to help you overcome your own challenges and your own temptations. Psalm 34, verses 4 through 5. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, I sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. How much is all? All of my fears. Not a few of my fears. Not one of my fears. I sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Boy, this verse is loaded. The Bible says if we seek Him, first of all, He will answer, and He will deliver us from all of our fears. And if we look to Him, He will transform our lives and will never be ashamed. Here's how you say this. Here's the way you confess it. Here's how you should be saying this. I seek the Lord and He answers me and He delivers me from all my fears. I look to Him and, I, and, and it changes my countenance. I am transformed and I am never ashamed. I don't know if you understand the power of the Word of God. Last week I did a message on the, uh, or maybe a couple weeks ago, I can't remember, but I did a message on the in hymns, on the confession of our faith. I've had such a response on that, but that is such a basic teaching for those of us that are Christians. We have got to learn to make the word ours. It's not history. It's not about somebody else. God gave those promises. God gave those words for you and I. We've got to make them our own. We've got to declare them over our lives. Something happens when you begin to take it and say it and believe it, and it becomes part of you. Look at this. In Matthew 8, chapter 25 through 27, it says that when they woke him, now you have to understand, Jesus is in the back of a boat. He's just preached. He's tired. He's fed the multitudes, and he gets in a boat, and he says, let's go to the other side. And he gets in the back of the boat and falls asleep. And as they're uh, going across the lake, the Sea of Galilee, there's a terrible storm. And the Bible says they went and woke him saying, now listen to this, this is schizophrenia. Save us, Lord, we are perishing. Now, if the Lord is in your boat, how do you perish? And this is what he said to them. He said, why are you afraid? 
Why are you afraid? Where, why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he rose and he rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? See, I want you to know something. Jesus left in this story and in this event an indelible mark in the lives and the minds of his disciples. Never forget the power of the Lord to alter your circumstances, to calm your fears, even as he quieted the troubled waters around his disciples. He's able to stop the storms that are raging around you if he's in your boat. Give the Lord free course in your life and expect him to calm your storms or to lead you through the fires that you're facing or through the floods that seem to be engulfing you today. Psalm 23 verse 4 says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is good news. This is good news. God will support you. He'll comfort you. He'll ease your fears at every stage of life. Even as you face death, even as you go through the valley of the shadow of death, Notice this. Some of you have faced that. Some of you have more fear of the COVID than you actually give yourself credit for. Most of the people I know are really dying of fear more than anything else. I want to encourage you to treat COVID with respect, but get help early. Most of the people I deal with that have died, even members of our church, waited seven, eight, nine days before they went to get help. Don't do that. As soon as you think there's something that is affecting you, get help early. I've watched people take ivermectin, and I'll tell you what, it helped them within the first three days, and they, they're, they're out of it within a few days. It, it's amazing. Now, the longer you wait, the harder it is for any treatment to help because this is a deadly disease at that stage. But God says he'll walk you through the valley. He says he'll be with you. Fear no evil, because the valley of death or the, the uh, uh, passing through of the fear of death is sometimes worse than death itself. You'll notice, he says, I go through the valley of the shadow of death. God wants to preserve your life. God made us to live and live godly lives, good lives. Fear is killing us right now. Anyway, look at Luke with me. Luke chapter 1. I'm going to give you quite a few verses today because I found out that, look, the Word of God is what will change your life. If you'll hold on and get a hold of what the Word says, it'll change you. Zechariah, says, was troubled when he saw him. He, he saw an angel. This angel appears to Zechariah. He's the, uh, he's the father of John the Baptist. And it says that fear fell upon him. Fear. But this is what the angel says. It says this to every one of us. It says, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you shall have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice in his birth. Some of us 
are even fearful when God shows up. We're just living in fear. God says, don't be afraid. He says, you will rejoice. You will have gladness. You will have joy. You see, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were old, they were aging, and they hadn't had a child. And it seemed impossible. And, and this happens to many couples. This happens to many people. That they get to a place in their lives where whether it's a child or a dream or uh, a hope, it seems impossible. But they received a miracle. They received a miracle. Oh, God visited them with an angel, but God's still doing that today. When we feel like we are facing impossible situations in our lives, never be afraid to welcome God into your life. Don't be afraid of God. Invite him in. Invite him in to intervene in your life, and he will. Psalm 27, verse 1 says this, The Lord is the light and my salvation. He is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Who? I'll tell you what. We just need to all know that God is the source of our strength. He is our light. And we do not need to fear anything on this earth. Who will make us afraid? Well, listen, if somebody's making you afraid, you can know it's not from God. God is not the author of fear. The Bible says that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of strength, and of sound mind. If a government is making its people fearful, they're operating in darkness. If a businessman is making his people fearful, he's trafficking in darkness. Fear is a spirit, and spirits of fear are not supposed to control people. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of liberty. Liberty. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I refuse to succumb to fear. I refuse to be afraid of any man, of any government. I refuse to allow you to put fear on me in Jesus' name. Luke 1, verse 29, verse 231 says this. This is Mary. We talked about Elizabeth, but this is Mary and Joseph. But Mary is also approached by an angel and says she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, what? Do not be afraid. I'll tell you what, if there's a message in the Bible that we need to hear, it's do not be afraid. Don't be afraid of the devil. Don't be afraid of what man can do. And don't be afraid when God shows up in your scene, on your life. The angel says, Mary, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. Why? Like Mary, the mother of Jesus, we have to be willing to learn to accept God's will in our lives. We have to be willing to embrace what God is saying. You know, many people are afraid to do what God wants them to do. Think about Mary. It wasn't popular for her. Think about what she was going to face. Here she is, a little virgin girl, and she's pregnant. And Think about Joseph. You know, outside of marriage, back in those days, man, that, that was... You know, today, hey, we have little girls running around trying to get pregnant so they can have a baby without having a husband. Well, that's evil. That's wrong. 
because little children don't need just mothers, they need families. But here Mary, she's in, a, in an era, in an age where, boy, if you fell pregnant, they would stone you. That was the punishment for falling pregnant outside of marriage. But Joseph, being a noble man, didn't expose her, but he put her away, wanted to put her away. But little did he know, and little did she know, that this was the will of God, that she was not impregnated by a man, but she had been covered and impregnated by the Spirit of God to bring forth Jesus to a virgin birth, as prophesied in the Scriptures. Do you know how scary it is sometimes to do what God tells you to do? But listen, if you obey God, you need not to fear. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. God, I love David, by the way. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Boy, even the most terrifying news cannot shake us from our firm foundation in God. If you are standing on the Word of God, if you have a foundation with God, the earth can tremble, the, the governments can fail, the, the, it doesn't matter what happens around us. Terrifying events cannot shake us and put us into fear because we know who we are in Christ. It's time you build yourself to where nothing can move you that you're going to stand firm on the Word of God. You need to meditate in these scriptures. That's why I'm giving them to you today, that you can look at them and say, man, there's a hope. There's a more sure word of prophecy for me, for my family, for my church, for the people I fellowship with. Speak to each other these words. Encourage each other. Help each other. Look at Luke 14, 27. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. This is Jesus speaking. Not as the world gives do I give it to you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Boy, if there's ever been good news, this is it, that God gives us a peace. By the way, by the way this peace is not, um, it's not this kind of new age meditation kind of peace where you calm yourself. No, 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 no. The peace that the Bible speaks about is not the absence of war, but the ability to remain steadfast and assured in the midst of war. The word that is used for peace is the word irene. It's a Greek word, and it actually means the mending of a broken bone that is held in its place until it is set. It actually is stronger than when the break took place. Some of us have been made to be unpeaceful. We've lost our peace, We've, and, and, and we're, we're being led about by fear. We're being tormented by fear. The Bible says fear has torment. I see people just tormented by fear. They, they're not sleeping. They're, they don't know what to do. They're panicking. But God said this. Jesus said this. Hey, I will give you a peace that the world cannot give you. Now, when we enter into that rest, that peace, you can watch your fears and your anxieties melt away. Psalm 91, this should be a psalm that you memorize, the whole psalm. And I'm just going to read it because something will speak to you even as I speak it, because there's such power in this. This was David's declaration over his life. It says, He that dwelleth 
in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When you do that, when you abide under the shadow of the Almighty, when you dwell in the secret place, which is under God's cover, in His Word, then here's what you can say. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield, thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. This is God speaking. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. I pity those that do not take shelter beneath God's welcoming wings. There are people that call themselves Christians. But let me tell you something. They are so fearful. They're bound in fear. One day they're in church. One day they're reading the Bible. The next day they're at the witch doctor. The next day they're looking at all kinds of stuff. They're confused. They have not made the Lord their shelter. They have not made the Word of God their strong tower that they run into. They are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. They are confused by the vain philosophies of this world. They listen to the news as though it's true when we know it's a lie. They watch movies and they are made fearful by the predictions and the prophecies. Oh, they listen to smooth talking politicians and, and, and men that have machinations and plans for this world. And they believe them. People that have lied so many times, and yet they get up and you think they're going to tell you the truth this time? No, no. You must make a decision to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Take shelter in the Word of God. Take shelter in a much more sure word of prophecy. Matthew 10, verses 29 through 32. I love this. This is Jesus. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are numbered. This is what he says. Fear not, therefore. You are more valuable than many sparrows. 
So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. You know, I, I used to always tell a story. Uh, I would preach it, and in a congregation I'd say, how many of you heard about all the sparrows that fell to the ground dying in Bulawayo? The drought, I think it's the drought. We're not sure what it is, but they're sweeping up, up by the millions and they're throwing them away. It's a, it's, a, it's a plague. It's something terrible. I said, how many of you have seen that? How many of you have heard that? And every so often there'd be people raising their hands. Oh, yes, yes, we've seen that. No, you haven't. You've never seen it. And that's why I'd say I'd embarrass everybody. You never saw that because why? Because God takes care of the sparrows. Now, we do see sparrows die, but it's usually because we poison them. But normally sparrows, even in the worst drought, God knows how to take care of the sparrow. How much more will God take care of you? Put away your fears. God loves you. He cares about every one of you, every one of us. Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4 says, When I am afraid, listen to David, when I am afraid, now listen, I didn't say fear wouldn't come. Fear does come. The Bible says when sudden fear comes upon you, don't fear. How do you do that? Because you have a much more sure word of prophecy. But listen to what David says. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can men or what can flesh do to me? Whew. What a bold statement. We have got to get to the same place that we can, like David, say exactly what he said. What can flesh do to me? What can men do to me? What? The worst thing you can do to me is kill me. Well, guess what? If you kill me, you just let me go to heaven earlier. I'm going to heaven one way or the other. I'm assured of that, and I'm not afraid to die. See, if we're secure in our faith, there's nothing that the world can throw at us that we cannot handle. But we have to be fully persuaded. But I know the Bible. I know the Word of God, and I want you to as well. 2 Timothy 1.7, listen to this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. One version says, God, has, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Well, here's what I want you to understand today. And I said it earlier, but fear is a spirit. It's a spirit. And evil men, men of darkness, love the spirit of fear. They traffic in it. And they love to keep people fearful because they manipulate you through fear. But when you're not fearful, you can't be manipulated. Now, let me tell you something. Two spirits can't operate in our lives at the same time. God's will for man is a life free from fear, free from fear, excuse me, and full of love and self-control. That's his will for every one of us. Psalm 112, verses 6 through 8. For the righteous will never be moved. He will, remember, he will be remembered forever. The righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. Listen to this. He is not afraid of bad news. Why? His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. Man. See, I'm giving you these scriptures because I know you won't look them up. Well, that's not fair, is it? Here's the good news. If you will persevere in the faith, if you will cast off all fear 
And if you'll keep your heart strong, the Bible says God will never forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do for me? You see, money is a terrible, terrible taskmaster. And the fear of lack, the fear of not having enough, the fear of and the love of money has thrown many people into a, an obsession for it to where they will compromise anything for a love of money. If we put our faith in God's steadfastness, if we put our faith in His unfailing love, and if we turn away from an obsession with material things, we won't have fear in our lives. I just want to say this, that, you know, uh, we have created an obsession in this country with getting a good job, with getting uh, ahead in life, to the point that many people don't even live a good life. They only measure their life by one thing, how much money they have. That's a terrible life. That's a terrible way to live. And guess what? That greed can never be satisfied. Lust and greed and, and the desire for things can never be satisfied. And at the expense of friendships, at the expense of real relationships, we measure by money. That's the greatest fear you'll ever have. And the Bible says, as sure as anything, your money will take wings and fly away. And I've watched it. I've watched some of the wealthiest men in this country. Guess what? When you die, you can't take it with you. I've watched them build great companies and lose them. And guess what? When they finished losing everything, they don't have a family. They don't have sons and daughters that want to be around them. They don't have a wife. They don't have friends because they trampled everybody on the way up. And now there's no one on the way down. Relationships are more important than money. Fear of lack, fear of loss, means that you do not trust God. God wants you to trust Him. Look at Proverbs 3. We're almost to the end here. Just a couple more. Is this encouraging you? I hope it is because it is a way that I encourage myself. I take the scriptures and I make them my own. The Bible says this in Proverbs 3, verse 23 and 24. It says, then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Well, I tell you what, one thing I have in my life is sweet sleep. Why? Well, because I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't steal, I don't rob anybody. I've never taken anything that's not my own. Oh, I've been robbed from, and I've been lied about, and I've been stolen from, and I've been slandered, accused falsely. But to the best of my ability, I owe no man anything. I've done nothing that I know that is wrong. And uh, I have an untroubled heart. And the Bible says sweet sleep, a safe pathway, and an untroubled heart are the benefits of having a faithful heart, having a faithful spirit. Well, I want you to know something. If you aren't sleeping at night, if you're troubled in your heart, it might be time to repent, turn to God, start living a faithful life. 1 John 4, verses 18 and 19, listen to this. There is no fear 
and love. But perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Or one version says, fear has torment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Boy, let me tell you something. I lived a life of fear. I was totally panicking in my life before I met Jesus. But when Jesus came into my life, he began to give me a love, not only for myself, but for others. That genuine love for ourselves, for each other, and for God can overcome all fear if we let it. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. <laughs> this is Joshua, and I love Joshua. God comes to him, and he encourages him, and he says, Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble, or do not fear, or be in dread of your enemies. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. You know, God never fails. But God expects you and I to have our part to play in this as well. So many people want to stay in a little prayer closet or they want to stay silent. They don't want to say or do anything. They just want to, well, you know, I'll just let God. No, no. God is not passive. God does not work with passive people. You cannot just pray in your prayer closet. If you pray in your prayer closet, you got to get up and you got to let that prayer manifest. Faith without works is dead. Now, God's love never fails. God's power never fails. But you must get up. You must face your fears and you must move forward with courage. It takes courage to live in this world. It takes courage to speak out. It takes courage to disagree with those you know are not telling the truth. It takes courage to study something besides the news report or, or what's being talked about in certain situations. You need to stop and say, wait a minute, let's use some common sense here. And you need to hear from God. And then do not be discouraged. Do not be fearful. But get up. Be courageous. Hallelujah. Well, I could go on. There are hundreds of scripture. In fact, there's 166 scriptures that deal with, or 366 scriptures, I'm sorry, that deal with fear. Do not fear, the Bible says. One for every day, including leap year. But today I want to just close this now, right now, and say, if you're facing fear, if you have not made your heart solid, if you have not put a, uh, the word of God, this much more sure word of prophecy into your spirit, you are behind times. Let God be true and every man a liar. You can't have a foot in both camps. Choose you this day who you will serve. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. But let me tell you something. We need this much more sure word of prophecy. We must stand on the word of God. If today you've been convicted by this word, if you're wrestling with it, if you need help, look, you can't do this alone. You can't overcome fear alone. That's why we have those numbers on the screen right now. Pick up your phone. Dial those numbers. Tell somebody, hey man, I, I, I need help. I, I am fearful. I, I'm, I'm totally in fear. But I need help. Or maybe, maybe, man, I've been wrestling with fear in a certain area. I need help. That's fine. But get help. Stop sitting there and thinking, well, you know, I'll just ignore it. It'll go away. It won't. You need to stir yourself up. That's why we have men's meetings. Our Be That Man group, majoring in men. That's why we have roots for our women. That's why we have cell groups. Where we meet, we get together with other believers, we encourage each other, we strengthen one another. That's why we have Bible reading programs, and that's why we are teaching through our Bible school. Why? So you can be built up in the Word of God. 
Now, either God's word is what it says it is, or you better figure something else out for yourself, because whatever you figured out for yourself, you better be willing to live or die by it, because you will. You will. You're not going to accuse God one day. You're going to stand before him and say, well, you know, no, I, 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 I knew the Bible, but I chose another way. That's right. You chose it. As long as you take responsibility for what you choose. But I'm going to tell you something. I want to encourage you. Choose the much more sure word of prophecy. God is not a man that he should lie. God's word is true. And having promised, he'll bring it to completion. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. My prayer is that we would stir ourselves to good works. We'd stir ourselves to the word of God. That we would stop all this nonsense and begin to stand fast. Hold fast to the promises of God. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith we've been set free and be not entangled again with these yokes of bondage. Father, I pray for each person under the sound of my voice. If they do not know you, Father, convict them of their sin and cause them to turn to you with their whole heart. You said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, for those who are conflicted, those who are in fear, those who are double-minded, those who are, 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 are unstable in all their ways, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would bring them to a place that they can Come to a place of conviction and turn to the much more sure word of prophecy. Father, hear our prayers. Bless us. Make us be men and women of action. Help us to become courageous. Not to be dismayed, but to stand up and do something. Be obedient to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, if you need help, if you prayed the prayer, if you called out to God, Use those numbers again. Call somebody. Tell them. Say, hey, listen, I, I, I made that prayer. I don't know what to do next. They're there to help you. They're there to help you get on with God, to become strong in God. You don't become strong going to the gym one time. No, somebody has to help you. It becomes a way of life. Same with Christianity. Same with walking with God. You only get strong over time. We love you. We'll see you again next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that you were blessed and that God will continue to transform your life in this season. If you have a testimony or need prayer and counseling, please send a WhatsApp or a call me to plus 263-784-303900 or plus 263-717-45. 9999. We want to hear from you, and we're here for you, and are ready to listen to you, to pray for you, and to celebrate with you. So thank you. We love you, and stay safe.